Clancy Pasta presents, I Found an Underwater Town, written by Broken Psychology. Truth be told, I shouldn't be writing this at all. The legal trouble I could be in is enough to make anyone want to keep something like this to themselves, but I can't hold it in any longer. The guilt alone is slowly driving me mad. There's only so much I can take before I'm slowly eaten away by it. Staying silent was my comfort for so long, but it can't be anymore. The names in the story will be changed to protect the identities of the individuals involved as will the names and locations of where we went that day. I'll try to include as much information as I know. I admit it's not very much, but it's all that I have. The town of Baker's Hollow had become a sort of legend in the place I grew up. The kind of story you tell around the campfire about an underwater city to make kids fear what horrors lie beneath the depths. The first time I'd heard it was back in the summer of 2007. My family had rented a camping spot by the lake, and we spent the entire weekend relaxing in the sun and jumping off the bluffs. On the last night of our trip, we had all gathered around the fire my dad built and begged him for a story. He had always been a good storyteller, and after letting out a short laugh, he said, Alright, alright, I guess it's probably time to tell you kids about Baker's Hollow anyway. His words immediately caught our attention, along with my mother's. Please don't give them nightmares, Trevor, she said, passing out marshmallows to each of us. I won't make it too scary, I'll just tell them the basics, he said, putting a marshmallow of his own in the fire, the embers glow, casting shadows across his face. The lake has been there as long as I have, but when my dad was a little boy, the only thing around here was the little town of Baker's Hollow. It wasn't much to see just a local grocery store and post office next to a few houses, with everyone else scattered around the woods and hills. But it had been there for as long as anyone could remember. Back in those days, no one had phones to call each other on and cars weren't everywhere like they are now, so the people of Baker's Hollow mostly kept to themselves. The town itself was shrouded in mystery, and my father said he always heard weird rumors of messed up things going on down there. Well... One day, the state government decided that the river should be diverted to form a new lake. The project was a hit, and construction started almost immediately. But the people in Baker's Hollow were right in the middle of where the water would go. Officials said they tried to meet with the townsfolk about moving, but no one there liked the idea. After a while, they decided to go ahead as planned. They sent notices for everyone to leave the area and flooded the town a few days later. The report was that everyone got out fine, but after the dam was finished and everyone moved on, the rumors only got worse. There was talk of people being left behind and trapped in the flood. To this day, they say when you're deep enough under the water, you can still hear their cries of pain. We all looked at each other with an expression of horror on our faces, and my mother slapped my dad on the arm with a paper plate. Thank you, Trevor. She said, storming off. My dad reached his hands out and brought us in for hugs. Don't worry, guys. That's just some legend that's been passed around for ages. They diverted the river because the valley kept flooding. No one was hurt. Come on, let's get to bed. 
Needless to say, I didn't get much sleep that night, but not out of fear, but more from fascination. An entire town underwater? It was like our own local Atlantis. I spent the next few days trying to find anything I could about the town and what happened, but with the internet being fairly new to me and my low attention span keeping me from the library, my search became very limited. Pretty soon, I had moved on from the tale, and it eventually fell from my memory. That was until the night after my 18th birthday, when I got offered the chance to go scuba diving in the lake. I had gotten certified the summer before, and my best friend at the time, Ryan, had just gotten his boating license. We planned the whole day out, with me, him, and a couple of other friends heading out to the lake around 8 that Saturday morning. I'd bring extra tanks, and he'd have extra suits and gear. Ryan and I had been scuba diving together plenty of times, but never on the lake. It's gonna be great, man, he said over the phone. Chelsea and Tara are gonna be there. Ryan had been trying to set me up with Chelsea for weeks up to that point, and I have to admit, I thought she was pretty great. Thinking I might be able to impress her with my skills, I said, packing the tanks into my car. What skills? He laughed into the phone. But seriously, man, I've got us a great spot. I did some digging on where to go, and you're not going to believe what I found. What? Baker's Hollow. I paused. The name had caught me completely off guard, and suddenly all the memories I had of it came rushing back. The underwater town? It's really there? Yeah, man, he shouted. It's totally real, and I know exactly where it is. I threw my mind back to that summer and tried to remember the entire story. A lot of the pieces were gone, but the basic idea was still there. I guess I thought Dad just made it up. Some kind of spooky story. No, man, it's real. And what's crazier is that no one knows a whole lot about it. Like, plenty of people know it's there, but the more I tried to find records of it, the harder it got. The official report is that the area kept flooding, so they created a lake to help stop it. But when I asked my grandpa, he said it was full of weird stories and stuff. He even heard the place was some kind of experimental town where the patients from an asylum could live together. The government kept everyone they could out to keep the town separate from the rest of the world. There's no way that's true, I interrupted. It must have gotten everyone out of the town before it flooded, and all that other stuff was just tall tales. I don't know, man. My grandpa thinks the government flooded the place on purpose, killed those people because they were insane. I started to feel uneasy. Thinking about it made my skin crawl. Are you sure that's where we should go? I mean, it sounds pretty morbid. Oh, come on, man. Don't wuss out. Besides, Chelsea will think you're so brave for going to find the place. She'll fall all over you. Maybe it was my teenage hormones or just the fact that I didn't want to seem like a chicken, but I eventually relented. After hanging up the phone, I spent the rest of my night trying to look up more information about the town. Ryan was right. The more I dug into the town's past, the harder it was to find anything concrete. Everyone agreed the town exists, but no one knows what really happened down there. The morning came faster than I expected, and before I knew it, I was stuck on a boat with three other people heading out on the water. Chelsea was sitting next to me in a bright yellow bikini. I wasn't trying to be a creep, but I couldn't help but notice how stunning she looked. I tried my best to make small talk, but 
Everything I said led back to the town. Do you think it's down there? She asked, offering me a beer. I declined the drink and grabbed a water bottle instead. Honestly, I'm not sure. I couldn't find much about it. My dad said it's just some old town, nothing really to talk about. But Ryan's convinced there's something really weird down there. I nodded and took a sip. I guess we'll find out. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived. Ryan called, slowing down the boat. The first thing I noticed as I looked out into the water was that we were further from the marina than I thought we'd be. The huge island mountain that sits in the lake seemed more like a hill in the distance. The second was the various no trespassing signs popping up sporadically out of the water. They all said the same thing. Violators will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, followed by a government symbol I had never seen before. I could see that the signs seemed to make up what, I'm sure from above, looked like a strange shape, almost like they were outlining something. Ryan dropped the anchor in the water and proceeded to guide the rope down into the depths. 110 feet, he said, tying the rope to the side. A lot deeper than I expected. Are you sure we should be here? Tara asked, looking down into the water. No one ever comes out this far, Ryan huffed. We'll be totally fine. I quickly suited up and passed the gear out to everyone else. Ryan and I will go down first and take a look around. After that, we can switch. I handed a suit and goggles to Chelsea and helped her in. She gave me a weird look and turned her eyes to the water. Everything okay? I asked, placing my hand on her shoulder. Yeah, I just... I'm so nervous. I've been diving lots of times, but... I don't know why I'm so scared now. Reaching down for her hand, I gave her a gentle squeeze. Don't let Ryan's stupid stories scare you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Besides, you're probably the best diver out of all of us. She gave me a soft smile, her pretty eyes reflecting the water. Thank you, she said. Uh-huh, Ryan said, slapping my shoulder. It's time to go, buddy. I let go of Chelsea's hand and grabbed the tank behind me. After you. The water was colder than I was expecting, but still felt nice under the summer sun. I looked up at the girls and gave Chelsea one last thumb up. She pulled her hand to her lips and blew me a kiss. Good luck, she said. My attention went from her to Ryan as he kicked me under the water. Lover boy, he taunted. Time to go down. I gave him a dirty look and slipped my mask over my face. Ryan did the same, raising his hand in the air, and after a three count, we started our descent. I asked Ryan to take lead before we went down. Something about open water hadn't always creeped me out. Following the anchor rope down, it didn't take us very long to reach the bottom. Ryan let go first, motioning me to follow. I was a little hesitant to let go, but knew if I didn't keep up, I'd be down here alone. I turned my headlamp on and swam forward, the water at that point being completely dark. The ground underneath gave little in the way of comfort, as every kick threw more clouds of sand and dirt around me. I had to constantly keep my light trained on Ryan's back so as not to get stranded. Just as I thought I was losing him, he suddenly stopped. A single fist raised next to him. I froze in my tracks. 
Lakes don't hold predators like the ocean does, but being surrounded by the crushing pressure and darkness of the water made me feel a little on edge. He turned his head and waved me over before quickly swimming down. I raced over as fast as I could, coming under the edge of a sinkhole. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Below me sat the town of Baker's Hollow. Darkened buildings resting beside one another, with dozens of different fish weaving through the gaps. I shined my light to the center and found the steeple of a large church. The cross was slightly bent on its point, and its shingles had long since fallen away. I quickly followed Ryan, swimming through the fallen debris and into the town. My heart was pounding as I made my way to the first building, slowly running my hands along the algae-covered brick. The inside was a mess of broken wood and sand with decaying tables and toys littering the ground. Ryan was inside, holding on to what looked like the mangled remains of a teddy bear. I waved to him and started heading further in, the buildings looming large around me. Coming around the corner, I could see what was once the main street of Baker's Hollow. The post office sign was cracked and faded, with outside equipment scattered among the building. Looking around, I noticed a busted-up truck turned over on its side. Shining my light on it, I could make out what looked like some military symbol on the door. Ryan had come up behind me and spotted the truck too. We gave each other a look and he motioned me to follow. Swimming over to the door, he peered through the window. I came closer and tried to open the back door. The handle wouldn't budge, but I saw that the glass was significantly cracked. After a quick hit from a rock, I was able to get a good look inside. The back of the truck was filled with equipment and weapons. I swam over and pulled on Ryan's arm and had him look too. He reached inside and grabbed some kind of rifle from the back. It was pretty beaten up and barely recognizable. Ryan looked at me and I could see the concern in his eyes. I met his gaze with an equal look before pointing over to the church. He nodded and lay the gun down, swimming in front of me. My chest started to tighten as I got closer to the building. The more I moved, the harder it was becoming to catch my breath. Looking at my gauge, I saw that my oxygen was fine and I knew it was all in my head. Something about this place wasn't right. Everything inside me screamed at me to get out of there. I tried to get Ryan to go back to the surface with me, but he was always a faster swimmer than I was, and nothing I did got his attention. He made it to the wooden doors of the church and began pulling on something. I slowly made my way over to see a thick chain that shackled the doors shut. Ryan kept pulling as hard as he could, but nothing would make the metal give. Looking around, I saw a section of brick above us that was pretty damaged. I swam up and started pulling them from the wall. It wasn't long before Ryan caught on and came up to help. We eventually pulled out enough to peer inside, but the walls made the water too dark to see into. I was able to get my flashlight off of my head. Pulling another brick out, I set the light against the bottom of the hole we had made. I backed up so that Ryan could look inside. He brought his head up to the hole, and as soon as he looked inside, he immediately threw himself back. His mask released a storm of air bubbles as he thrashed in the water. I tried to calm him down from a distance, but he wouldn't meet my face. 
I couldn't see any blood or an animal he was trying to get away from, and before I could do anything, he started heading towards the surface. I looked back at the church, the flashlight barely resting on the edge of the hole. I moved forward to look inside. I don't think I'll ever have another moment like I did that day. My brain couldn't process what I was seeing. For a brief moment, I completely froze. My heart seemed to stop, as did my breathing. Inside the heart of the church, floating in the waters, was hundreds of corpses, each of them with exposed skeletal features from years of decay. The sea of faces looked almost the same, with the only way to tell them apart being the tattered and torn clothing they wore. I could see men, women, and children floating in the mass. There were even some in military uniforms. The shock passed soon enough, and I was met with a violent urge to vomit. I quickly closed my eyes and moved away from the hole, beginning to ascend with Ryan. The trip to the top felt like it lasted a lifetime, every protruding bone and hollow face flashing before my eyes. The water above me became lighter as I came up, but below me, the water seemed to darken to the point of emptiness enveloping everything beneath me. I finally breached the surface and waved down the boat, seeing that they were already pulling Ryan up. I could hear his screams in the distance, and everyone on the boat was trying to calm him down. I eventually made it back on board and was able to tell them everything I saw. Chelsea grew extremely concerned and forced my eyes to hers. You better not be screwing with us. You're saying there were bodies down there? Her once reflective eyes were now cold and hard. I tried to find comfort in them, but to no avail. It was a grave, I choked out. Hundreds of them. They left them there to die. She quickly let go and started pulling at the anchor's rope. We have to get out of here. Go tell someone. Ryan quickly jumped to his feet and grabbed her by the arm. Tell someone? Are you insane? We're in a restricted area. Whoever put this here knew what happened and is sure as hell not going to let us just walk away. I made my way over and pushed him away. Get off her, I said. She's just scared. We all are. Ryan backed into the side of the boat and caught himself. You know as well as I do that no one will believe us, and everyone that knows what's down there isn't going to let us get away with this. It's got to be some kind of cover-up. Why else would this area be restricted? I can't get caught here, Tara stammered out. My dad would flip. What are you saying? Chelsea screamed, throwing her arms in the air. You just want to pretend that this never happened? Ryan shook his head emphatically. Exactly. We need to just wash our hands of this. Take it to the grave. I didn't want to admit it, but I knew he was right. I knew we should tell someone, but there was no guarantee we could stay safe once we did. Chelsea grabbed my hand, finally getting my attention. We can't do this. You know it's not right. I sat there for a moment, running all the possibilities through my head, but I knew it was useless. I knew there was only one thing to do. To the grave, I said, dropping my hand. Chelsea gave me a hard look, 
her eyes filling with tears. We have to, I said, reaching for her. It could be dangerous if we don't. She recoiled away from me and slumped to the chair behind her. I knelt beside her, trying my best to sound empathetic. I know this is hard, but we have to. Chelsea, please. He's right, Chels, Tara said. We can't tell anyone about this. She stared for another moment before meeting my eyes, tears falling hard on her face. Okay, she said in a broken tone. To the grave. The ride home was deathly quiet. No one would even look at one another. And when we got back, everything had changed. Ryan became obsessed with finding out the truth and doing everything he could to keep what happened a secret. Tara eventually stopped hanging around, and Chelsea hasn't spoken to me since. It's been four years since that day on the lake, and my guilt over what happened hasn't gone away. I've done everything I could to forget about it and just move on, but I can't. I'm telling the story in the hopes that someone will know more about what happened and can help bring those bodies to rest. If anyone has more information about this, please reach out below and let me know. Chelsea, if you're reading this, you know who you are. I should have been by your side that day. I'm sorry I let it come to this. I hope you can forgive me. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypastastore. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>